right. Welcome. Welcome to Know Your Roles, the podcast where every week we find unexpected connections across all your favorite mixed media from film and television to music, literature, sports, and more. I'm one of your hosts, Dave Kleiman, and this is my co-host, Mr. George Payton Gordon III. Take it away, George. Dave, what is going on? And I'm super excited about this week. We have one of my oldest friends in comedy, Liz Mealy. She is a, a podcaster, a comedian, author. Her book, Why Cats Are Assholes, comes out March 30th. And uh, we play a pretty awesome game in which we, we compare pets to candy. Of all the games we played, this is probably one of the ones I was like, I, I did a shitload of research for. But before, <laughs> but before we get into all that, Dave, how are you doing? You know, I'm I'm good. I'm pandemic good, I guess. I feel like I got a lot done this week, which is always good. The weather has finally turned. I went for a run this morning, which is great. First run in like a couple months. So it wasn't, it, it was rough, <laughs> but uh, you know, start small steps, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I gave myself a haircut. It's probably like my third or fourth pandemic haircut. And yeah, I look, I, I, uh, I'm looking forward to getting back to the bar. <laughs> Good for you, man. I haven't had a haircut in over a year. It's like, uh, I would define my look as like seventies ball player who, uh, <laughs> who also has a cocaine addiction. Yeah. Your oil can Boyd's like uh, lesser known cousin or something. Exactly. Like, uh, like gas cap. Or something yeah, yeah. like that. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, all right, George. Well, how uh, how are you doing, man? How was your week? Uh, I'm good. I uh, as I mentioned last week, I found a cassette deck on the street that is in perfect condition. So I've been buying tapes. Uh, I just bought the Pet Shop Boys' first album, Please, which got two songs on it that I thoroughly enjoy. Uh, one of them's Westing Girls. I, 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 that that song is so good. I mean, how could that's a classic? I used to think it was Western Girls. Oh man, we should save that for like. A, <laughs> yeah, my friend from who's Brit like was like, no, it's West End because that's it's Westing Girls. And I was like, oh yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> the other song on there is a, is sneaky good and it's opportunities. Uh, so I've been walking around the apartment. Looking at Gladys going, I've got the brains, you've got the brawn, let's make lots of money. And she's like looking at me going, what the fuck is wrong with this asshole? <laughs> I just love this. I just love it. It's sort of like, let's make lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that song has got like a bit of resurgence because it was a, it's in an Allstate commercial. <laughs> uh, so uh, like at one point like at the end of the month at the end of february it was like the number one like electro disco song wow. a song that came out in 1986 <laughs> let's make lots of money <laughs> and you know maybe that'll be uh on this season of the challenge also because they're running through all their fucking uh 80s hits is the the theme this season so good <laughs> they had a deep cut on one of the episodes from huey lewis in the news i was like oh shit Cause like, uh, I felt I, I was like, I'm a Huey head. And I was like, I think I may have heard that song once. <laughs> uh, all right. We're going to have to talk about this later, but I can't believe you just called yourself a Huey head. Huey head. Big, big <laughs> Huey head. I am going to step in and I'm going to step in and defend my friend, George, uh, George Payton, Gordon, the third and say, I too am a Absolutely. Huey head. Two out of three podcast producers on this <laughs> show are Huey head. Uh, not an attack. 
not an attack, just more of a surprise. And I don't, I, I don't think I've actually ever heard the phrase Huey head before. <laughs> well, it felt like an attack, Dave. So I, I just, I felt that we could step in and defend Huey Lewis in the news along with my friend. I so one day, one day we'll have a whole Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I apologize, but that duet he did with Gwyneth Paltrow is fucking terrible. Oh no! Don't tell me! Don't tell me that! I so, didn't know about that! I don't so, need to know about that! So, like, the audience does not need to get into like <laughs> '90s Huey Lewis. Let's talk about like '70s Huey Lewis when he's hanging out with uh, Fulana and a uh, Thin Lizzy, and in '80s Huey Lewis, his sports, and then he's got the cameo in Back to the Future. I'm sorry, guys, you guys are just too damn loud, and they're playing his song. Come on. <laughs> sports is a sports is a good album. It's a good album. <laughs> yeah, you've been thinking, you've been thinking, and I've been yeah. drinking. We Let's, both know. No, I'm just telling you, Hugh Lewis is A plus. Well, we can all agree <laughs> to give it up for the power of love. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh you've been listening to the Huey Lewis podcast. Um Absolutely. But, uh, <laughs> I, Amazing. I think uh maybe it's time to go back to uh know your roles. But uh what do you say we open the bar up, George? We can do that. Today for our bar talk, what we have on tap is two things. We're going to be talking about the Prince Harry and Meghan Markle interview from uh, this past Sunday and this uh, New York Times bagel article that's got lots of people, Dave and myself and producer Mary Buzz, up <laughs> just, just like, what are we talking about here? So let's get into it on tap first. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, I know you watched it. I did watch it. I want to hear your thoughts because uh, beca- because I think the world is uh, the world and myself is waiting for the uh, the George P. Gordon takes on <laughs> on uh, whatever you want to call the what what that was. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I watched it. Do you know what's weird? Like I was uh, it was on CBS and uh, I was sitting in my apartment Sunday. Uh, I woke up to watch uh, my alma mater, the Memphis Tigers go Tigers. Play the basketball game at 12 against Houston. It was one of the strangest games because we didn't play very well. And then, like, we tied it up with, like, this crazy three-pointer to, score, to make the score, like, 64-64 with about a second left in, in regulation. So I'm getting pumped in the apartment. I'm like, all right, let's go, Tigers. Let's take this take this game over in overtime. And then all of a sudden, Houston comes down the, comes down the other way and hits, like, a 40-footer off balance off the backboard to win it. So I went through this whole, like, range of emotions within the span of about 40 seconds of just complete utter highs and then oh i can't believe we just lost like that and so i'm just sitting here because it's like it's a triple header on cbs so i decided to watch the next game which i think was drake and creighton and then i started to watch the the, after that which was the uh michigan michigan state game and then i'm starting to get these like these these uh these updates just like you got to watch this uh megan markle and Prince Harry interview on cbs is after the game it's like after your local news and i was like all right should i watch this then I leave the house, but I left the TV on and I come back and it just started and I'm like, all right, so now I have to watch it, but I watch it. And my only take is I can't remember a single thing that was said. With that being said, (laughs) I really wish that we had more Oprah interviews in my life because like as somebody who's like, who's new to podcasting and new to like interviewing people, I find myself listening to a lot of interviews and what I like and stealing from like the Terry's and the, the Marks and the Bakari sellers of the world and trying to get better at interviewing people and doing what they do. And then like the goat is on TV right here in front of me. Why aren't <laughs> I watching more Oprah interviews? Why isn't there more Oprah interviews in my life? I feel like I was saying this yesterday. She was like Jordan when he was like playing in baseball. I was like, you know what? I'm going to come back. 
because I'm assuming that like Gail probably had that property and was like, hey, I'll do it. And Oprah's like, nah, Gail, I think you sit this one out. Oprah's going to take it over. There's like a red phone at fucking CBS yeah, yeah, yeah. in the boardroom and shit. Absolutely. And it's the rec line to Oprah. And she doesn't fucking get out of bed for less than like multiple million. Yeah. And big fucking headlines. Right. And that's what this was for sure. And uh, yeah. Absolutely. It's like that scene in Mr. and Mrs. Smith where Vince Vaughn gets like the update that Mr. and Mrs. Smith are worth like a million dollars. It's like, I don't get out of bed for like a, like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like, uh, yeah, I, I was trying to think of like another uh, stupid celebrity. She's like, Kim and Kanye want to talk divorce? No, 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 no. Fuck that. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't get out of bed for anything less than royalty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, ooh, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. I could, I could make that work. I can make that work. I agree with you that uh, she's a great interviewer. Although the one, so good. The one thing I I would say is like I think she kind of did it for effect, and and thinking about it afterwards, I kind of like see the the point of it. But like, why was she so surprised? <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like oh, no, no, I was my friend who's a Brit who I was with this week. Sebastian was like shout out Sebastian. <laughs> but when talking about like the shock and stuff, he was like. Where do y'all think you got your racism from? <laughs> I don't understand why it was such a shock, but I do agree with you that she is. A- oh no, that was that was strictly for for television purposes, yeah. and and like because like I think she said even the next day it was like it was like that's not did she yeah okay that's not shocking. Would it would have been shocking if they would have been like they're actually not racist? I would have I would have been like no. <laughs> I know I know what I I don't know if you saw this today, but Prince William. I did yeah made a statement made a comment and uh it it was uh oh i think it just said we're actually not racist (laughs) i i want to find i want to see the actual words because i thought it was so like he said we are very much not racist we're very much not a racist family we are very much not racist and it's like uh y'all like are you familiar with the term colonization like (laughs) (laughs) it's it's not even just that it's like uh, it's just sort of like I, he sh- you just take the L. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Just take, the L. <laughs> <laughs> just take the L. We're all not going to. It's like, you know, we're, nobody's sitting at home and goes like, you know what? Let's hear their side of the story. It's like, I don't really care. I'm I'm I, I'm watching this whole thing. And it's like about five minutes in. I'm like, who gives a shit? But I do like seeing Oprah on TV. So that's kind of the reason why I watched all of it. <laughs> yeah, totally. I only watched it because you were like, let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I probably wouldn't have, you know, and I, I found a lot of parts hard to get through. But, uh, you know, I think ultimately one of the, the important takeaways, too, is that like, you know, again, we see like it's so rough. like I the sympathies for Meghan Markle, obviously, you know, like it's uh, it's such a sad you know, I don't, I'm not, uh, I don't fuck with the royal family. And I, I don't think it's like, I wouldn't be like, I want to be, you know, they're like, we would, we would be in if they, if they weren't total scumbag. Like, it's like, you shouldn't know, like, just do your own thing. But, but, uh, but you definitely want to support her for sure. You know, I think she's, she, you know, what she's been through is rough. I, I say this to people all the time is like, I'm into the content business at this point. So like anything that's like content heavy, <laughs> I'm solely into, but like some of the content coming from across the pond, it's been absolutely ridiculous. Like there's some article I read this morning that says like the 50 things that Meghan Markle has done that is breaking away from the royal family. And two of the things was like, she doesn't wear pantyhose. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, who's, who's, who, who approved this? That sounds ridiculous. She wears a, a loose bun. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it is ridiculous. Oh man. Yeah, no, it's insane. Uh, but one of the things that like I did want to shout out, I got a buddy of mine, Matt Ruby, who went to Northwestern. Uh, he's a couple years older than Meghan Markle. And there was this crazy article in like uh, the Daily Mail or whatever, whatever magazine or weird, like their version of tabloids. I'm, I'm not really sure what the article was. And there's a stand up bit about this picture of him and her and a bunch of their friends. It was like Meghan Markle's wild night out. It's just basically of them just, yeah, we just ran into each other at a bar. I'm in this weird picture with her. But apparently, like, it's the way it's framed is like my buddy Matt Ruby, shout out to Matt. It was like, uh, and uh, three other people, and they're just taking a picture. It was like Meghan Markle's wild night out. It was like, yeah, that's like any other four assholes at a bar. You <laughs> <laughs> had two drinks at a bar. Meghan Markle's wild night out. <laughs> He was he was internet famous for all of three seconds, but uh, but famous en- enough that like there's a picture photograph. I'll send the picture. It's kind of hilarious. All right. Well, I'm glad that uh, you know somebody got something out of it besides. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a funny joke. That's Oprah and the, and the ten million <laughs> she made or whatever. Uh, but uh, anyway, all right. So uh, Mary Bess, do you have it? I don't know if you watched the interview, but it, I think your perspective is is valuable on this. Do you have anything uh, you would like to add? Um, I don't have much to add. I, I've kind of stayed outside of that. My my mother is a big fan of like following, like she's always followed the royal family. She's always been very curious about their lives. And, you know, she was, you know, obviously as many, many people are and have been uh, fans of Princess Diana and her philanthropy and her, like the way she essentially broke away from that life and made it her own. Um and it's, you know, I, I can't speak much to it, but what I can say is that it seems, like you said, Dave, like an incredibly horrible thing to have to go through to, you know, imagine marrying into a family and not being accepted, let alone being, you know, criticized so heavily uh, from what seems to be, at least in part, um, a racially motivated criticism. Um, it's, it's, it's really, it seems incredibly unfair. And like every story, I imagine there are two sides. And again, as I think I've said before, we have to give people grace in, in, in any circumstance we can to learn and do better and to come back from, you know, from mistakes. And, uh, you know, I do, I do hope that something like that will come out of this, that, as we start to humanize people in the public eye, as we start to humanize people who we glamorize, you know, especially the Royal family, we start to acknowledge that these people are human, that they're flawed, that they're fallible and that they make big mistakes. And hopefully with that realization, those in the spotlight will take better care with their, their actions and their platform and the power that they have. Well said, producer Mary Bess. Yeah, I would, the last thing I would say is also like, it's super courageous, like some of the things she talked about, you know, the the suicidal thoughts and all that stuff. So I think that anytime somebody in the public eye uh, shares that kind of stuff is like very helpful and like very positive for society because, you know, people struggle with that. And it's, it's really helpful to see somebody that all, like to realize that just like you were saying that we are all humans. So anyway, on that note, here's some stupid shit that humans did. <laughs> Very nice segue, Dave. 
the next thing on zap is uh somebody in the new york times actually i'm pretty sure this this uh article is written by tehao ro i'm not sure I'm, I'm probably not pronouncing that that uh, correctly who i actually really enjoy and to be honest with you my emotions have run like the gamut roller coaster on this story in the last like three days but yeah they they came out with an article that uh the best bagels are actually now in la <laughs> And uh, yeah, as the resident uh, Know Your Roles uh, Jewish person, <laughs> I think it's uh, my job to A, uh, criticize the state of Israel and B, protect Jewish culture, <laughs> which is bagels. And bagels specifically are my culture because they were created by Ashkenazi Jews from Poland in the 1700s. And that's directly my people. So what I'm about to say is the only thing that matters on bagels. Uh, <laughs> no, but really like, I don't think, I think it's so it's, you know, obviously we all got, I think the comment section of that post, like the post of that article on Instagram is hilarious because people are like, uh, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I think, can you get a good bagel in LA? I'm sure you can. Like, I'm from Chicago. You can get a good bagel in Chicago. They're harder to get. You have to like seek them out, but, uh, you know, New York, they're not hard to get great bagels everywhere but it's like when they start talking about the style like changing the style and they start talking about like you know because i think like the new york thing of oh it's the water i think that there's like a little bit of validity to that but i think it's a lot of bullshit but the, the in this article they start talking about the style there's these chefs that are like new york style is too dense and all the when they start saying that shit i'm like yo back the fuck up LA, you have a lot of stuff. You have great weather. You have great Mexican food. You have legal weed. You have beautiful people. You have beaches. You don't need bagels. You don't need the best bagels. And and you know what? You don't have the best bagels. And you won't. And that's okay. We still love you. George, anything to add? <laughs> no, no. I, the floor is, is all yours because I, I do want to talk to and ask you about the water because I feel like that's something that People with a lot. This is the reason why bagels aren't great in, in LA, and the reason why pizza is not as great in, in LA is because of the water. Is that something that I made up? No. Or that people actually say that? No, that's a thing. That's a legit thing. Um, I mean, it's a legit <laughs> thing that people say. <laughs> I can't say that it's a legit thing. I mean, I will say, having lived in New York for fifteen years, the water is different here. <laughs> and and like anyone who I don't even have to say anything else to anyone who's known who's who's lived in New York, but like. You know, it, it freaks some people out because like the mineral deposits and stuff, I think that's what it is. But, you know, when you pour a glass of tap water in New York from a regular tap, it's cloudy and then it mm -hmm. and then it settles. Um, and like, yeah, there's always been this thing that the pizza and the bagels are better in New York City because in New York because of the water. And like I said, I think there might be like a tiny bit of validity to that because the water is different. Like it doesn't do that in Chicago or in L.A., but at the same time, that's most likely complete fucking nonsense. Because like I said, you can get a good bagel elsewhere, but like one plate, like LA being like, where, and also like, yeah, whatever. And then the other question I have, where does the, the, the frozen bagel pizza, the pizza bagel community fall? Are they like, are they like, is that a New York thing? Is that is <laughs> They don't have a geography that exists in a nebulous. That just zone. exists all over the all over the country. Let's get to know. Because, like, I don't think 
like I said, Ashkenazi, my my Ashkenazi Jew uh, Polish ancestors, when they were creating bagels, I don't think like pizza bagel was in there. For it. They didn't get that far with it. No, they didn't get that far. That's a, a goy. That's a bummer. That's a goy thing, and uh, <laughs> I'm cool with it. Like it, to me, all that stuff is like it's just a different thing. You know what I mean? Um, but that was that's been forever. You know, I let go of my like owner. I tried at least to let go of my like ownership of it and shit because uh, like. I mean, when I was 15, I, you know, Einstein bagels was like very popular in Chicago. Like when I was probably started when I was like 15, 16. And I was like, what the, f-? like, and then, you know, it became, it, it goes from a thing where like people make fun of you for it. And then everybody does it. Everybody mm-hmm. loves it. Like everybody has a bagel and they're like, oh yeah, this is fucking amazing. How was I having breakfast before this? Um, and uh, yeah, so th- don't fuck with bagels. I will say uh, Kat Dennings uh, tweeted that New York bagels are better because you eat them when you're in New York, period. <laughs> wow. That's a good tweet. <laughs> Shot. Um, yeah, no, I'm not I'm not even trying to shit on L.A. Like I said, y'all got a lot of great things, but leave the fucking bagels alone. The, uh, the article, though, doesn't it? There's like a few people who are ex-New Yorkers who who moved to LA. So maybe they, yeah, well, but that's one of those guys who's like, I wanted to change it. I wanted to like take, oh, take okay, I gotcha. and I'm like, just do a different, like, like that. And then, you know, there's a bunch of people who are like Montreal bagels are the best. I read that. I was like, I didn't even know what that is. It's, it's like a flat, it's flat. Like they're good. You know, again, the important thing is that they're Jews. You know what I mean? It's like if the person, if the person uh, okay. in LA is a Jew and like has it in their culture from like jump, that's one thing. But if it's just like some chef who's like, oh, this is a great thing. And I think I can improve upon it gotcha. and charge a shit ton of money for it. Like, fuck y'all. Fuck y'all. I'm going to go to Jonas Schimmel's or whatever the fuck, you know? The, uh, my criticism in Montreal, they're French. Not the best. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my people, my friends from Montreal and from Quebec. Not my, not my favorite sounding French. <laughs> <laughs> the one time I was there, I was like, "Yikes!" That's supposed to sound sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's beautiful. I I like to go there, and I'll eat their bagels there. But I'm not going to say the best. Before we uh, completely depart from this topic, I just want to give a shout out to our friend Schmierman. Yes, Schmierman own gets his fucking bagels in New York. The official like, superhero of the Know Your Rolls podcast. Facts. Yes, <laughs> Schmierman. Um. All right. Well, George, I think I, I, uh, I, I'm good on that. I think I exercised some demons and, uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully didn't come across like too much of a fucking lunatic. No, that's, <laughs> that's exactly what I was hoping you'd come across. I was hoping you'd like, like give a storm off. Like you're Piers Morgan upset about some bullshit. <laughs> I told you I got, I got, I, I really ran the gamut. Cause like, you know, first I was like, Oh, they're coming. Oh, they're coming for me. Like, I'm like, Oh, tool up. Um, but, 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 uh, but then I was, I was being like 2021 Dave and being like, uh, Oh, it's okay. There's bagels for everybody. Like, I think we need to get out of this, like best, this best, that it's a, it's a subject, subjective anyway. How do you feel about squaggles? square bagels? I'm just joking. That's, that was like a thing for like a second. <laughs> I was gonna say like, yeah, we're that's yeah. Squiggles, squiggles was a thing for like a hot second. Squiggles. <laughs> oh man, 
I'm going to go get some fucking bagels. You guys, uh, if a bagel's too hot, what do you call it? What? A fuego. <laughs> <laughs> nice. There you go. All right. And with that, I think uh, we are going to close the uh, the bar up. George, anything else? No, that's that's it. We are tapped out. We're tapped out. Kicked. All right. And with that, now it's time to sit down with Liz Mealy. Enjoy. Hello, Liz. Uh, let me introduce her. Uh, it's me, George Gordon. I'm, uh, <laughs> uh, this is Dave and uh, producer Mary Beth. Hey. So. Hi, Liz. Hi. It's nice to meet you. Thank you for being nice here. Yeah. I feel like we're losing out on uh, the, the backdrop of lunchboxes because I watched uh, an interview that you did from last year. And I, I, I want to know about the lunchboxes. Yeah, I'm cur- I'm currently in Florida, so I'm like sitting on the floor. This is little guest room bed. <laughs> this is a door. But yeah, no. So I um, uh, I I collect lunch boxes, and I have about eight or nine of them now. I have little ones too. I like the plastic. One. I like the '80s ones because I grew up in the '80s. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a bar in. I hope it's still there because I ha- I stopped drinking five years ago, so I'm not really in bars. But um, Ace Bar was in. Alphabet City in the city. Um, and they had, it was all encased, but they had walls and walls of like tin lunch boxes, plastic, lunch, like they had everything. And they had pool tables and ski ball and all that stuff. And I just, if I'm going to be drinking, I want to be doing something. But I also just liked being surrounded by like my dorkiest obsession. Well, so what are some of the lunch boxes? Yeah, I want to know too. So my only original one was the Aladdin lunchbox. And then when I was 15, I bought, uh, yeah, right. It was, it's really cute. It's, I took good care of it. And then I, I bought a Mork and Mindy when I was 15 at a flea market for like five bucks. It was like fucked. The person scratched it. It was like really fucked. And their name was everywhere. And I tried everything I could like think of to get rid of it. So I painted it with black and white up uh, with, um, what do you call it? Chalkboard paint. And I, I used to sell CDs out of it when I was on the road. Um, that was like my favorite, but then I have like Pee Wee's Playhouse, Ghostbusters, uh, New Kids on the Block. Everybody tries to buy that one. Bought it for two dollars at a thrift store in Tennessee, and I've had several people try to buy it off me. I was like, you can't. Dinosaurs? Do you remember dinosaurs? They were like almost like big puppets and stuff. I have dinosaurs. Yeah, of course. Oh. Um, fuck. You have all the best ones. Thank you. If if you had asked me like, oh, which ones would you want to get? I'd like those are yeah. those are all the ones. Thank you. Ninja Turtles, <laughs> definitely. That's phenomenal. <laughs> oh. I might have had a Ninja Turtles last back. That might be uh, your retirement yeah. uh, plan yeah, if you hold on to them I, long I, enough. You know, you find <laughs> out like so I used to collect stamps and coins when I was little. Always been fun. Um and and you find like my dad was very encouraged because I think my dad is a little bit of a um was that one a hoarder? Like he's got hoarding tendencies. My grandfather's the same way. We'd go over to my grandfather. This my grandfather is like the food insecurity. My dad is like crazy. Um, but we'd go to my grandfather's and I'd be like, oh, you know, grandpa, you know, I'm like nine. I'm like, do you have soda? And he'd go into his garage and he would have soda lined, like, I mean, like 20 bottles of it. And it would all be expired and you couldn't say anything. So you're just drinking flat soda <laughs> or like. 
I'd be like, you know, can I have some cereal? And then my grandfather just knew I like cereal. So he would just send me old cereal when I was in college, like just stuff like that. So my dad's the same way. And I realized I've slowly become that in the sense that like when anybody asks for medication, like, oh, do you have Advil or whatever? It's always from like 2001. Like I just have expired shit because I just, I, I was taught not to throw stuff away. So the same thing with collecting, I used to collect coins and, um, stamps and I would have them in little envelopes and stuff and take really good care of them. Cause my dad's like, it's going to be worth something. And then you realize it's not like, you, nobody cares about what you care about. Nobody does. Unless it's like a painting that's like worth millions. Most of like, nobody's going to look at my lunchbox collection and think anything other than I hope you find somebody that loves you for you. Like, you know what I mean? like Tell that to the bin of beanie babies that's in the room like, behind me. Yes. yes. But like, is there a point where it just becomes impressive? Like what's like 10 is one thing, like 50 maybe is sad, but is like 200 is like, whoa, that's like really commitment. It depends <laughs> if you have the space, which I don't. And if you have the the tactful displayness that makes it cool. So Ace Bar had this beautiful display. And then, um, you know, like Jesus and Marrow. So uh, I forget which one, but they're in front of all their sneakers and it's displayed so beautifully Jesus, that it doesn't yeah. look like a problem. It is. Too many oh, absolutely. Yeah. You have <laughs> yeah. two feet yeah. and we can't leave the house. Why do you have all these sneakers? <laughs> it's a problem, but it's displayed in a way that feels cool when we know whoever's in his life is upset with him because <laughs> there's no reason for all those sneakers. Totally. I saw a recent one of those and he actually pulled like he had a plastic bag full of sneakers on the ground, too. <laughs> That's when you're. Yeah, you're right. It, the display is 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 what uh, separates it, because if it's just if they're just like in a pile on the floor, then you you probably want to see have a shopping problem. Yeah, it's fine. You're allowed to have it. But call, you know, call a spade a spade. You have a shopping yeah. problem. <laughs> So Liz, thank you again for being on the, the Know Your Rolls podcast. Um, we've got a lot that we want to get into, but first up, I, I do want to talk to you about like your year, because officially we're, we're right around the year mark of uh, like uh, where we were and where we are now. And um, I haven't seen you, but I guess since that day we had tea, I guess that's probably been about a year ago. So how has this year been for you and how are you doing, my friend? Uh, um, You know, it depends on the day you catch me. <laughs> um, I went grocery shopping, which is like, I feel like I've become a dog where they're like, you want to go to the park? Like my friend's like, you want to go grocery shopping? <laughs> or like, I'll see her getting, so I'm staying with my friend in Florida right now, but she'll be like, hey, I just got to go to the post office. I was like, can I come? Like, I just like the most, and I'm also like, I'm a little bit of a wingman dog, like personality trait. Like I like I like just being along for the ride. I've always been that person. Uh, my siblings are like that. Like, I'm not saying I don't have preferences, but like you pretty much could be like, hey, we're going to go rob somebody. And I'll be like, can I come? Like, <laughs> you know, like I just, I like to be included. I like to be thought of. I like to be in the passenger seat. Um, so I find myself, and even in New York, where this is my first time like really leaving, um, my roommates will go to the grocery store, same thing. I'm just like, can I come? Um, so it's just about leaving the house as much as possible. I, I've i really learned how lazy I am. So like, I'm a runner, I'm pretty fit, I take care of myself. But I mean, I've gone more than a week without showering at times. I mean, I have an alarm to brush my teeth now. Um, Amen. 
I, if I, I found myself like completely not exercising. Um, I just, I, I realized that like fitting things into my day gives me motivation. But when you have the full day, you just, you keep pushing it off. And the next thing you know, it's like 10 PM and you're like, I guess I get ready for bed. Like I just, I was motivated and I, I started a lot of stuff and I did a lot of stuff. And I, I have had friends say that I was a good inspiration in how to pivot during this time. But that being said, I let them all know that like every couple of months I would hit a roadblock and just be like, every day's the same and I'm losing my goddamn mind. And I'm an introvert and a homebody, but I don't, I've, I've, I've maxed out. Like, so I'm doing okay right now. I came to Florida uh, to help a friend a couple of weeks ago and it was only supposed to be for like a little while. And she's like, do you have to leave? And I was like, I don't have any work. You're right. I don't have to leave. So, I mean, they're, they're not, they're kind of pretending it doesn't exist here. So it's a little scary. Like I actually had some nightmares about bringing COVID home to my parents. Um, and my, my dad got one vaccine. My mom is, um, under 65, so she hasn't. So I'm like, can I get a test? Like I'm, I'm very much, there's people here wearing zero masks and I'm wearing two masks and like being like, you know, we're not doing anything indoors, but, um, I feel a little bit better just not being in my own apartment Mm -hmm. for the first time in a while. And like, she has kids and a dog. I'm like helping kids with homework and I'm just, and I cheated. She's my elementary school friend. I cheated off her math test in elementary school. And now I'm helping her kids. (laughs) And I was like, I never learned this. Ask your mother. (laughs) Public school system. Yeah. I was like, he's playing this math game and he'll ask me for help. And I'll literally be like, I think it's this. And then it'll say like, correct. And we both like high five. Like he doesn't know that I don't know. So I'm just like, like he thinks I'm pretending like I'm proud of him, but really I'm like, I'm proud of us. Proud of us, buddy. (laughs) Um, So I feel better right now. I've definitely been, it's been really hard to get work done. It's also really hard to continue to motivate yourself to do work. That's like in general, comedy isn't real work. Like you, it's all like you self-motivating, but like, it's even more so now where it's like, I don't want to do zoom shows. Like that's like, I'm, I'm working hard to do something I still don't want to do. That's a good place to ask you, like on your podcast, two non-doctors. Um, uh, one of the big takeaways for me for, from listening to a few of them was, uh, when you're talking about like, especially with productivity and stuff. And, you know, if you've done anything in the arts and sought advice about it, you get this a lot, which is like set small goals and um like form good habits and i think that that like even like it sounds easy but like that is like such a key of everything but i wonder like during all this period is there anything anything that you've like gotten yourself into because the light like our lifestyles have come such it's such a 180 um is there anything any habits that like you form that you're like i want to keep this i want to like i i like this (laughs) like this is actually something good that i've like been able to to like accomplish with myself and relaxing and like doing nothing, which I'll be honest, I wasn't someone that did that. I mean, I was constantly touring. I was constantly writing. I was doing shows every night. It's just, you know, the nature of everything. And I liked it. I liked doing it. And, you know, that's what I want to do. And that's also now how I make money and blah, blah, blah. But I also like, you know how this is, you get it, something gets canceled. And then all of a sudden you have a Friday night free. All your friends are comedians and they're working. So you have no friends, you know, um, you have no one to hang out with. You have nothing to do. So then wingman me, I'm just like, can I come to your gig with you? So now I'm at a, I'm at work, not working. So like, it's just like, 
I, I find myself just not being able to relax. And I've hit so many walls where I felt like not motivated or inefficient or feel like I'm not doing anything. And I've had to be like, watch a movie, like chill. The, like everybody's talking about these Netflix shows. My sister is constantly recommending stuff like just fucking. So like just having a veg day, which I like haven't done since college. Like if I'm depressed, there's a lot of veg days, but there's this like, I've always had to wait until I was at the worst possible mental state to do nothing as opposed to factoring nothing into parts of my day. But I'm such an anxious workaholic type that I've had to, I've literally had periods of zero work and zero mobility that I've had to like read a book for pleasure, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Go for a walk just to walk. Like this walking without a destination is like how do old people do it? Like <laughs> I would go to mm-hmm. CVS. I would go to a faraway CVS to get a candy bar just so I had a reason to get my, because otherwise just to go is like, I, 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 so I'm getting better. Like I've been going for walks here. It's, it's, you know, warmer and stuff. And like, but like, this is the weird part. I had good habits. I work out. I, you know, I'm, I, I keep my calendars organized and my emails read. Like I am a very like workaholic, sufficient robot type human. And I've realized I just don't know how to just, I, I don't know how to be alone without working. So relaxing, I guess, kind of. I mean, that's a big thing. No, it is. Like you mentioned in your podcast about self-care. And um, you were on uh, the Vance Crow podcast, I believe, which was like, I think a year ago. Uh, a word that you use, and I want, you, I want you to talk a little bit about this with our listeners, is a word you use from not being able to do stand-up every night is a word uh, withdrawal, which I which I found interesting. In fact, I stopped it and played it again. It was like, wow, that was the, the word you used. It was like, so it's like, can you like tell us a little more about that feeling that you had back then? And do you still feel a little bit about that now, a year later? So I I think some of it, what I've started to realize is a lot of my go, go, go-ness is fear. Mm -hmm. Like it's all fear-based because we're taught as comedians that you have to be doing it every night to get good, to stay good, to not get rusty, to, to be on top of your game, both writing and performing. And so you're fed this information. You do it. You notice, like we all notice after a couple of days, you're like, oh, how does that joke start again? Or, oh, I felt a little off. So it's not like it's not authentic, but- I never allowed myself more than a week or so off ever and not very often that you just assume it doesn't come back or you're bad at it. And then when months went by and then we started kind of doing like little stuff outdoors, I was like, oh, you're just kind of off for a day or two. What's wrong with being off for a day or two? Mm-hmm. Like I just started to kind of realize that most of or, or that the business would leave me behind. Like it's also like if you're not doing it, you're you're forgotten. And, you know, the nice thing about having this break when everybody can't work is that that fear goes away a little bit. But I just, I think most of my withdrawal younger Liz, it might've been more mental and physical in the sense that my validation and my value and who I am as a person came from stand up. So if I was working and making money, I'm, I'm an adult, you know what I mean? If I'm, uh, headlining and doing bigger stuff or getting bigger things than I am worthy of love because I'm successful, all that kind of toxic stuff that you use it to identify. So not working means I'm less lovable. So I healed 60% of that. I'm, you know, I'm not going to pretend I, you know, I don't cry alone, but I, 
I feel better in the sense that now I cannot work and know that it doesn't fully affect who I, I am still me, even if I'm not working, I am still me, even if I'm not the most successful person in my friend group or whatever. But, um, what the pandemic kind of made me realize is how much of a workaholic I am and how much my, even my daily value is through productivity to the point where if I'm not checking stuff off my checklist, I fucked up. I'm, I'm, I'm a bad person. And that made me realize that even on a bigger spectrum, I, I'm content with who I am and my career, but on a, like a minor spectrum, I am not okay with not getting stuff done in a day and I bully myself. And so I think comedy is addictive and that valid, the instant validation you get from an audience is, is addictive and being in front of people, being the center of attention is addictive, but I've healed a lot of that. What I haven't healed is that if I'm not a worker bee, they're like, I'm doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what the pandemic has kind of shown me is that like this go, 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 go is like making me uh, crazy. Like is it making me feel um, that I can't have an off day, even like if I was sick or sad. Yeah, I feel that totally. I think this period has definitely hit that home for me too. And like, for me, a lot of it is like, it's capitalism. You know what I mean? It's like, that's why we yeah. feel, feel it. Cause like, we feel like we have to like be doing, you know, 50 hours a week and, or hunt, you know, and doing more and more. And like, you did, you're only as good as your last thing. And like you did this, this year. So next year you have to do more and better. And this, and this whole period is kind of like taking a lot of that away um, because we can't do anything. Uh, yeah. So I think I, I understand that. Definitely. I think that's like a powerful thing, you know, of like realizing. Yeah. We don't have to, we can stop. You can stop like once it's okay. Or to be off. Yeah. yeah. You can breathe. Yeah. You can be a person. You can just yeah. be a friend. Yeah. Yeah. You can just be a person. Have you, uh, have you guys, uh, you and Maria Shihada on uh two non-doctors. Have you guys talked about this at all? Uh, I listened to your last episode and I think you're lovely at parties, by the way. Oh, <laughs> I, I have so much insecurity because my life is split between uh, being uh, uh, unbearable to be around and just socially awkward and being sober and same. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like one was like drinking and weird and now it's sober and weird. And um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think we talk about this kind of stuff. We talk about like, we just abandonment issues um, in general. Um, we, you know, they have the, all the different attachments in uh, relationships and we are quintessential anxious attachment people. Like almost, they basically say with really young babies, when you leave the room, the way they're, you're dead, you're gone, you're never coming back. And that's why they freak the fuck out. Like you're gone to the point where like when they stop crying, I'm like, they gave up so <laughs> Mentally thought I was dead and you only cried for 10 minutes. Do you even care about me, Cooper? Um, but eventually there's this, when you leave a room, you're not dead. And it's almost like my adult 30 something heart is like, as soon as a guy I'm dating or even sometimes a friend isn't in constant contact with me, I'm like, they hate me. I'm never gonna like, and tons of healing with that. But like, what's been really nice. And I've been friends with Maria, you know, over 15 years at this point, um, is that we see where we healed and we see where we're getting better. But like, in general, it's just this we try not to do too much psychological stuff because we've both been in therapy for a long time. So we talk about body stuff and psychological stuff, but it always kind of comes up that we are these people that 
I was a chaser. I was a friend chaser. Like I was a boy chaser. Like, and I, I wasn't even a big dater, but like anytime a, a guy became into my vicinity or like I, I did like a guy, I started dating a guy. I was like, don't leave me. And then anytime I became friends with somebody, I was like, you're going to leave me. And like, you start to realize like the thing you fear the most, you're almost pushing them away with that essence. So I, I think everything is just kind of, so I think that's why I liked comedy. I think everything was like, people had to pay attention to me. I could see them. I'm a very visual person. I see people liking me. Mm -hmm. it, you start to look at the basics of why you get into stuff. I literally cannot even lie to myself. They're laughing and smiling. They have to like me. And I was at a place in my life where I never felt a uh, connection with people. And I was a very shut down person most of my life as well. Like you really also start to feel like realize that people are connecting with you and you're just like, I'll just stay here. So nobody yells at me. <laughs> I get nervous when George doesn't text me back and I don't even like him. <laughs> I'm not, uh, I'm not a great texter. Like if you want to no. get a hold of me, calling is the best way to get a hold of me. Cause like yeah, I see text no, messages, like I'll deal with that later. <laughs> I remember yeah. who I'm texting and I'm like, Oh yeah, I won't. I yeah, don't yeah. expect a response. <laughs> and you learn those skills like i've definitely learned like i have a friend he's always late and you just you're like that has nothing to do with how he values me as a person he just can't get his shit together and that has nothing to do with me so the same thing like i have friends that don't text and i just know that like and but like it's taken a while and then i feel like everybody gets like a report card like okay george doesn't text you know what i mean <laughs> david needs a text within two hours or he thinks i'm dead like you start to have these like friendship report hours cards. Is a long time. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's that's dead on a highway time. That's a lot. Like, who's in a meeting longer than two hours? What do you, you know? That's why I think it's so funny. Like, I was because I, I, while I was a chaser in my younger dating lives, I've always been like hard on communication, and I don't flakiness. I can't. I have so much anxiety. I can't handle it, and I've grown in a lot of ways. But I refuse to believe that you were too busy to text back, I'm busy. There's no, nothing, there's nothing. Unless you're literally dead or you're working in an ER, no one, like my sister is an ER nurse and she'll be like, dude, I didn't pee all day. I didn't drink water, I didn't pee all day. Like we didn't have time to pee, it was so insane. Those are the only excuses. No one else has the excuse. No one is too busy. I just, I, I don't believe it. You don't care about that. Just, just say it. <laughs> this, I feel like I just. I feel like George. Had yeah, no. That I think. I think you just cracked. It. You just cracked me. I'm about to. I'm about to faint. <laughs> I. You know what George does? That's brilliant, though. Is like he sets the expectation yeah, because at every opportunity he gets, he's like, just so y'all know. I don't answer text messages or like, I don't answer emails. <laughs> That's a smart way of handling it though, because there's things that I'm tr truly bad at. And like, I also get really overwhelmed and I start to ignore my like emails. Just, I, they make me crazy. So I've had to say to my manager, if it is important, send a text message. Like, because otherwise I'll see an email and I'd be like, ah. and I'm anti-phone. I hate, I hate talking on the phone. I hate having the phone, but because in my voicemail messages, like if, so unless you're a doctor or you're driving, please leave a text message. I'm not going to fuck it. I hate voicemail. Um, but and my dad, my parents are veterinarians. So they're always like, I'm a doctor. I'm like, fuck off. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean like my gynecologist, not you. Um, but um, I've, I've had to tell people like, 
I'm really, really, really stressed, I'm going to fall off. I even told people like coming to Florida, I was like, I'm accessible, but I'll be a little bit slower. Like I, I have a family now. I have two children. I have three dogs. I have a friend. I have a family now. <laughs> I'm a mom. Uh, pets are always a great excuse. Did, uh, did pasta make the trip with you? She doesn't make So she's such, she's almost 16 years old and she mm-hmm. is an old lady kitty. And um, she can't be left alone anymore. I truly have created the same abandonment issues in my cat because I'm a great mom. Um, so now uh, she has to be with my mother. Like she, she can't be with my roommates because she just excessively cries at them. And they're like, we have stuff to do. So I have to drive her to my parents and my parents have to watch her. So she's calmed down some, but I do get text messages that from like my brother that's like, thanks for leaving your demon spawn. eyes <laughs> at walls. So we want to get into the book a little bit. Your book comes out March 30th, Why Cats Are Assholes. Um, how did this come about? And uh, to tell, us, tell us about why cats are assholes. Because I have a cat and my cat's an asshole, but she's a different kind of. Yeah, they all are. The cutest, the cutest ones, but assholes nonetheless. So I feel I have like a serendipitous writing a book story because um, I went to school for it. So I even actually reached out to my college to be like, hey, your degree is useless, but I did something with it. Can you give me free press? <laughs> like, I want to be like, I regret going here, but please. Um, uh, so I literally just mailed a professor that I really like to be like, can you get them to write an email about how I actually used our degree? Because everybody else I know that I went to school with is a bartender. So... It took me like 15 years, but still. So um, I have a bunch of cat jokes. I've always um, been both embarrassed, but had pride that I have a lot of cat jokes Um, to the point where when people would be like, what's your style? And I'm like, all right, too many jokes about cats. But one of them for my first album was about um, pretty much how nobody purposely gets a cat, like something bad has to happen to you and then they kind of fall into your life. So it's always after like a bad breakup or somebody dies. And, um, you know, I always say like, you know, (laughs) if you're having sex with somebody, you could have an accident child. But if nobody's fucking you, you will have an accident cat. So it's got really hot. (laughs) You can't be embarrassed by facts. It's facts. Um, I was having a really hard time in college. I was 19. It was the first time I never had. And I was super depressed. I was like, mom, I need a kitten. Um, so, so I had this joke, it did well. And, um, uh, editor has two cats with his wife, this guy, Jason, his name's Katzman. That's his real last name, but he wanted to do a joke. He wanted to have a book about it and he was looking for people and he couldn't find anybody that had the right perspective, which is like, they are the worst, but you love them. And that's what he wanted. He didn't just want somebody shitting on cats. Everybody shits on cats. So he found that joke and was really excited. And he emailed me and he's like, would you be interested? And then I pitched what I would do with it. And he loved it. And cause most people have to do like a, like a book proposal and all this crap. And they basically saw a joke. We met each other. We just talked about our cats for like a half hour. And then I had a book deal. And then the, the illustrator, I was a really big fan of hers on Instagram. Uh, uh, Chelsea, I don't, something with a T. I feel, I'm bad with names. That feels horrible, but she's awesome. But she has um, uh, great illustrations. So there's like 15 funny cats in it. And I just love art. But uh, yeah, so it's... um. I, what I liked about it is uh, my my mom's a cat specialist. So both my parents are veterinarians and I had my mom read the first draft. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I learned a lot from this because I did like a whole history of like, I remember being a crazy cat lady when I was like 12 because I just loved cats. And like I had books about Egypt and books about Japan. And there's all these cultures that like 
revered cats. And so I went into like a deep adult dive into like, why did they love cats in Egypt? And why are they like, I went to Japan and I called it like a giant cat cafe, like everything advertised using cats. And you would go to these like beautiful monuments and there's stray cats everywhere. And it's just, it's just really cool. And I just, it, my dorky side came and I just bought so much junk I didn't need because it had a cat on it. It was so fun. Um, so it's like a deep dive into the history, but also just like why cats are the way they are. But then also like what type of person is attracted to them. And like, I, it's really stupid and silly, but like I have a chapter chapter on how to name your cat because I hate dumb names. I worked at my parents' animal hospital when I was in high school. And it's like, I'm tired of the Garfields and the Tiggers and the Simba. It's like, come on, man, get creative. Get, I want, I want surnames. I want, I want like, like CEO of blah, blah, blah. Like I want fun shit. Nobody's going to college. Get weird. If Michael Jackson can name a kid blanket, you can name a cat taco, like have fun with it. So I, I'm, I have very strong opinions, but like one is about like, I'm an indoor person and I have an indoor cat. You might be an outdoor person. So you might need an outdoor cat. And I really realized I've stifled my cat's outdoor mm -hmm. life because I'm not an outdoor person. But like now, because of TikTok, I see all these influencers and they're like bike riding with their cat and hiking with their cat. And I was like, I didn't know my cat could go on adventures. I didn't know you could do that. That's weird. I feel like I raised my cat wrong. <laughs> so it's really silly. No, I, I like how David's like, oh, no. <laughs> well, it's coming from a place. Well, I'm like, I, I'm, I love cats, by the way. I grew up with cats. I have a dog now, um, but uh, I did grow up with cats. And I, I, I really appreciate like, you're coming from a place of love, but like, you're also aware yeah. of the reality that like, yeah. they are assholes, you know? And like, they, they also like cats do a great job of letting you know that they don't yeah. need you or give a fuck about you. Um, which also tells you like what kind of person you know that... they are literally saying i'm not going to text you back and yeah. <laughs> i'm going thank you for giving me that information yeah. i am aware of it <laughs> i won't expect it but i do i feel like cats put the cards on the table and you accept it or not this isn't my line but it was a tweet i saw that was just like do you not like cats or do you just you're just not able to handle rejection <laughs> oh, that's so good yeah. and then i think of like our careers where it's just constant rejection and i was like did cats prepare me for show business <laughs> like is that what's happening i buy it do you know, <laughs> do you know it's funny you said you mentioned like people get cats because of i mean i got my gladys because of a worldwide pandemic that's the reason why i was like yeah, yeah <laughs> shit that might be a little too close yeah to yeah <laughs> so many people got She's pets, looking at though. me right now actually yeah they did yeah. my parents so they just retired but they've been vets for over 35 years and they've never turned away a client they've never had so much business they had to turn somebody away and in june of 2020 they had to turn people away because they had too many clients that's crazy mm -hmm. we got a dog like two months before the pandemic and once the pandemic hit like it became so difficult to get like a rescue dog because yeah. they just didn't have enough dogs for the demand, you know, because Which is yeah. great. Like I'm happy they're not in kennels and it was kind totally. of cool to see like all these kennels and, and stuff be completely wiped out of pets and, and, and stuff. But it is a little like, I'm sure breeders are just doing some awful <sighs> shit where they're like, we got more demand. They're like the diamonds mm -hmm. of the world. Yeah. Speaking of my dog seems to be. <laughs> yeah. Excited. Yeah, you uh, if you if you, you just miss Gladys just walking across in front of just like look at she whenever she sees me doing something like Zoom calls or writing, she's like, let me just 
just show you that I'm still here and I'm I want to hang out too. That's what I think. My podcast is just cat butt the whole time. Yeah, it's yeah. Just me talking over a <laughs> tail and then her crying and me having her in her lap and then her biting me. Like half of my podcast is like, well, you just gotta believe in yourself. God damn it, like, <laughs> like, you just if you don't believe in yourself, they want to be part of it. Just me screaming, being like, maybe it's a good thing I don't have kids. I don't think I treat them well. <laughs> like, get out of here. Um uh I'm talking to strangers. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you guys have cats, because <laughs> yeah. like our dog, like everyone says, like oh, it's it's a great, uh, you know, practice for kids. And I was like, that's stupid. And now I'm like, no, I understand that because <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's patience. Yeah, yes, patience. That's the key. So my friend has three dogs. Uh, her cat died right before I got here, but she has three dogs, and they're awesome, and I, I I love them. But you know, I don't have to worry. The only thing I have to worry about with my cat, she steals my blush brushes. Like that's the only thing I have to hide for the most part. But socks, I don't care. That's the only thing that has value that I don't want her stealing. Mm-hmm. But dogs, like, they're going through the trash and they're, like, stealing stuff. And then I know for my parents that goes in their intestines and then you got to do surgery. And I'm trying to yeah. not have my friend go to the vet. So anyway, so, but, like, the amount of times I'm like, get out of my room. She has two kids, but I'm always talking to a dog. Get out of my room. Nuke, get out of my room. Stop touching my stuff. <laughs> The uh, so like the why cats are assholes. What is the most asshole thing that pasta's done? Because I'll I'll tell you a quick story that Gladys did that actually kind of freaked me out. It was like one of the days it was like snowing, and I went to to went to the store, and because people were like planning for the snowstorm that was happening in New York, it place was packed, and I was like, you know what, I'll just I just gotta get out of here. I'll I'll worry about it later. And I'd forgotten the next morning that I didn't get the cat food that she likes. And uh, so it's early in the morning and I was like, oh, shit, I'm so sorry. This is how I'm talking to her. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm so sorry, Gladys. I will go to the pet store first thing in the morning in like an hour. It's like 830. Pet store opens at 9, 930. And uh, she's looking at me and she sort of makes his face. And I put out some of uh, this, this other cat food that I have that I know she likes, but not as much as this wet cat food. And uh, and like a couple of trees, I was like, we'll figure this out in like an hour. I'm just going to lie down and don't worry about it later. All of a sudden, like 30 seconds goes by. I hear this loud crashing noise she's knocked over the the cat bowl off the counter onto the floor and i like run out i was like oh my god and she's just standing out there in the hallway just sort of looking at me <laughs> and i was like holy shit <laughs> i will take care of this right now i'm so sorry she's like i don't want this garbage yeah yeah you know what's on my rider <laughs> <laughs> she's like did i tell you i only eat orange m&ms that's what she basically said yeah. to me george is the pa um, in his own household yeah, yeah, like... yeah, yeah, yeah. So sorry, so sorry. Don't don't tell the boss. <laughs> um, she's done so many horrible things. Um, I had I had um a polyp in my uterus that had to get removed, and I've never had like surgery before. It's not a pretty invasive surgery, but like a friend had to pick me up. I had to go home, and she, mm-hmm. I swear to God, she just knows when I'm in pain, and like it does. Sometimes she cuddles, but sometimes she's like, I'm gonna jump. Like, I'm going to jump on you. And she jumped on my uterus. Like, she truly was like, mm-hmm. it was like the only time I was like, please don't jump on. Like, but I swear she went from the desk to my bed and landed exactly on my uterus. And I was like, oh, cool. I think I bursted stitches. Like, truly was just like, the only time I need you not to jump on me. And she doesn't, she's not a big jump on you. She jumps next and then she cuddles. And it was like just such a mm-hmm. rare time that I'm like, really? You used my body as a landing pad? I never, you've never done that before. And then what she's done several times is the quintessential, she'll see something on like my dresser or my desk 
pats it. I look up. I go, no. And then she pats till it falls down and then looks at me. Not like scared. She's not scared or it's crashed or whatever. It's test, eye contact, fuck off. <laughs> I think there's a I mean, lot like of that's... YouTube videos of that. <laughs> it's insane though, because if you're just, because like I say it in the book, like you have the scientists, the ones that are like, oh, I wonder what happens. And it crashes and they're like, oh, this is crazy. I didn't know that was going to happen. And then she's the opposite. She's the, oh, this is important to you? <laughs> fuck off. Like, <laughs> She, she's she's a little evil there. She's she's a mad scientist. I don't like it. Yeah, that sounds like uh, Gladys. Yeah, no, it's it's weird. Yeah, Gladys is like I was like looking at her like, oh my god. Yeah. Oh, oh, I will never upset <laughs> you so again, Mark. <laughs> yeah, like there's there are moments with our dog where like I'll get mad and then I'll be like, he doesn't fucking know. He's a dog. But with a cat, they know. They know they what the know. fuck they're doing. <laughs> they do. like they, yeah, they look they at know. you and they're like, oh, you don't want me to do this? Oh, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. she's peed on some of my favorite stuff, but then I find out she has like a UTI or there's like something wrong. And that's like, so like now, like the first time it happened, I was like, you bitch. But then because so many times now I know something's wrong. But so the peeing doesn't bother me. The vomit, it does seem to always be on something I care about. Mm-hmm. So I... This is where like you wonder if you're like true people pleaser. Like I've changed my life for her. <laughs> like I'm more I'm more clean. Like I she oh, you know what? I will say the most asshole thing she's ever done. I had a paper. I was in college, literally senior year, 25 page paper, just had to spell check it. And she knocked water all over my keyboard. Ooh. Ooh. And I now have like this stupid, like this whatever thing on it just to give it a little bit of a barrier. And I also, I have a strict rule where like everything has to have a cap on it. And then I never leave anything, no liquids on my, nothing on my, like, I feel like, uh, like the space station where they have like all the, you know what I mean? Like we don't fucking have to Mm -hmm. like drop out of the sky because you fucking put a soda next to the desk. But, um, but I, um, I remember I was able to save the computer. I had to ask for an extension and then I had to like air out my computer. I think I got it back or I had emailed a draft to somebody. I actually can't remember what happened, but I didn't talk to her for three days. I think she felt it or it was the best three days of her life. I don't know. (laughs) I was like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. It was 25 pages and it was almost done. Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I got Gladys and I guess it'll be a year. It's probably like the 24th, the 25th of March. I have to look at the, the paperwork. And it's because it's just been the two of us. It's like our relationship is just the two of us. So whenever anybody is over, she's like, who the fuck yeah, is yeah. this? <laughs> is she curious or an asshole? No, no, no. She'll like look at them and she's like, no, I Does don't she think hiss? so. She's like, why is this person? Yeah, I know. She's just like, and then she'll start backing away and then she'll just stay underneath the bed until that person leaves. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't yeah. even think about that. That like, because there's a lot of like funny TikToks about people um, uh, being like, have you, well, you've raised a cat in quarantine. How do you know? And then it's just them taking a shower and their cat watching them. Like literally. <laughs> do anything without them so there's a lot of cats kind of being dog-like in the sense that they have to be around Mm -hmm. you at all times because 
most cats haven't had a, like people that get cats are usually busy people. So for me, I, I love dogs. They're wonderful. I, I have nothing. My parents are vets. I grew up with dogs, but my lifestyle isn't conducive in the sense that I'll be out all day. I'll be gone for, for days and weeks. A cat, it's like, you, as long as they have food and their litter is clean, they're pretty self-sufficient. They don't even miss you. You know, it's, it's kind of mm -hmm. nice. So it's just one of those things that you don't realize you're the type of person that wouldn't be home. And now you're home and your cat's like, you're a home person. Right. And you're like, no, mm -hmm. Gladys, I'm not a home person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's been an adjustment for, for sure. Cause like, uh, I'm gone like maybe unless I'm working like an hour. So like the two of us spend all day yeah. together. So but when I'm gone like a while, and she's like, where were you? She's like, where, where have you been? <laughs> I've texted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Our dog is a psychopath in that way. Like, because like we had him two months before quarantine, but like basically the whole time has been quarantined. So we're all together, all three of us. And like, now it's like when one, like we, we had a, I told this story before, but like we had a period where he would only walk with both me and my fiance because he couldn't leave the house with just one of us because of the separation anxiety. And like, it's crazy. amazing. Yeah. So we're all going to animals included are going to have to adjust are adjusting to this as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. You start reading storybooks about your previous life. We used to have independent <laughs> lives and come together in the yeah. evening. Used to have to be. And we want to go yeah. back to that. You're going to have to be okay on your own for five hours, six hours. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I bought you a coloring book. <laughs> I'm going to put on puppy, puppy TV. Yeah, exactly. So Liz, Dave and I, and uh, producer Mary Best, we don't want to take up too much of your time. So we want to go ahead and get into our, a little bit of, a little bit of our game. So as you've mentioned, and as I've known, there's like your parents were veterinarians. So we figured that you would be a great guest to have on, to talk about pets and candy. Yeah. So uh, what we do on the Know Your Rose podcast was like we mentioned uh, one of the things first, and then we mentioned what would be the best thing that relates to them. So we're going to do pets first, then the candy. And since you are our guest, why don't you go first? Okay, so I'm I'm basically picking the the pet that goes with the candy. Yeah, yeah, the the the, the pet that would go that 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 candy would best represent it. Okay, um, dogs are probably. I mean, this is going to be biased on clear. This is all biased, right? Okay, cool. Sure. Um, We're looking for very specific like answers. <laughs> dogs are milk chocolate. Cause like, who's going to turn, you know what I mean? Like everybody kind of is like in the mood for like, no, you kind of have to be a psychopath or European to be like milk chocolate. Gross. You know? So dogs and milk chocolate, a hundred percent. I'm going to just start with this because this is the first time this has ever happened. Uh, I also have dog and chocolate bar yeah. because for almost the same reasons, because like you have to be like, I don't trust people who say like, I don't like chocolate or I don't like dogs, like just in general, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I understand like if you're not a dog person or if you're not a chocolate person, that's fine. But people that are like, I don't like chocolate or like, I don't like dogs and you don't have an allergy. Like you're like, yeah, if you weren't like attacked when you were seven, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. Like what, what is wrong? What is wrong with you? Uh, yeah. So dogs are chocolate. <laughs> dogs are chocolate bar. And also <laughs> don't give dog, don't give dogs chocolate or they it's will poisonous. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Good PSA. Nice. <laughs> George. All right. Me, uh, all my, all mine are going to be very weird, but I have research to back this up. These are, these are actual pets. So my first pet is alligators. 
I was on uh, geozoo.org. <laughs> and uh, this, this, this article that I read and found was uh, the article said the pros and cons of having an alligator as a pet. Number one, a lifelong experience. Wait, is that a pro? <laughs> <Those are pros. laughs> that was a pro, a lifelong how, experience. How, how old do they, how, like in captivity, how long do they live? Oh, they don't I get into they, that. I mean, they can live yeah, with you, like, I, I think, think 100 years old. Yeah, they're like Oh, they're like dinosaurs and yeah. shit, right? Uh, and uh, number two pro was bragging rights, which I thought was kind of strange. I haven't been murdered by my alligator. <laughs> exactly. So that's the reason why. I'm stupid enough to own an alligator. So alligator, oddly enough, this person, this article of GeoZoo only had two pros. The, the cons were epic. There was a lot of cons. But uh, the con for having an alligator would be it would kill you. So the, the candy that I have to represent alligators would be uh pop rocks but not just pop rocks the pop rocks and soda based on the the <laughs> the urban legend that if you ate pop rocks and drank soda you would spontaneously combust and it would kill you now this urban legend has been disproved but i still think about that every time i th- hear about pop rocks it's like you know if you drink soda so alligators are the pop rocks and soda <laughs> i would i would even add like gorillas to that where like it's always a good idea and then they rip your face off like exactly <laughs> like it seems like a good idea to have pop rocks and soda and then you have an ulcer <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah um okay liz what's your next pet and candy okay cats are now in laters Ooh. and the reason i they're now in laters is you're gonna have somebody that's like i mean starburst and you're like no I don't like Starburst. I like now and laters. Like, I feel like a cat is so specific and now and laters is like a very specific, if you like that kind of, you know, it's in the branch of the Skittles and the whatever, but it's just like you, it's specific and you're a certain type of person to the point where when I was a little kid and I was like, I like now and laters and I found another kid that liked now and laters. That was a reason to become best friends. <laughs> Perfect answer. <laughs> I care about these things. <laughs> you should. Dave. All right. So my next one is one of those, uh, it, it changes depending on your age. <laughs> and, and that is, uh, the pet is having a pet snake. Like when you're a kid and you have a pet snake, it's like, Oh, look at that kid with the snake. Like, that's weird. Maybe he needs better guidance or, or whatever. <laughs> but like, it's like, it's like not that disturbing. Like, it's like, Oh, there's a kid with a snake. But if you see like an adult with a snake, like, first of all, if you are an adult and you have a pet snake, like that's your thing. You're the snake person. <laughs> and and uh, then it gets weird and creepy. And that's why snakes, pet snakes are lollipops. <laughs> like if you saw a child eating a lollipop and you like made eye contact, you'd be like, oh, look at that cute child eating a lollipop. If you saw like a grown man, like licking a lollipop and you like made eye contact, that would not be a very comfortable uh, situation. Yeah, you're like, dude, mm-hmm. you should be smoking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should be not doing this in public. You can, uh, vape, just... yeah. you can vape with lollipop flavors, but you can't, yeah, sure. you can't have a lollipop. Sure. But uh, yeah, that's why they're uh, pet snakes. So, George, why don't you uh, go next? All right, so my next one is uh, lizards. Um, for some reason, there's like a run of kids in the 80s and 90s who had a lizard i didn't quite understand it or iguana i'm like what it's like i guess that's cool you had to they had like cool little tanks for them and stuff he's like you want to come over and watch me feed my lizard I'm like <laughs> yeah i guess that's cool fair enough um, um so for me the candy that best re- best represents lizards are peeps because i think peeps 
are very confusing. It's just marshmallows, colored marshmallows, but they're like indestructible. And uh, as of 2014, you can get peeps year round, which I think is like, why? It's like just the month of April. I'm cool with that. I don't need Halloween peeps. I think I, I don't get it. I think they're I think they're <laughs> <laughs> uh, I agree. I don't like peeps either. I did have lizards as a kid, so I get that. <laughs> Uh, but I do understand your confusion. <laughs> it's like, what is this candy? Is it a doorstop or are we supposed to eat it? Um, I'm going <laughs> to piggyback on that. <laughs> I had a chameleon. So my parents had uh, a guy that worked for them. He was moving. He couldn't take care of his chameleon. So we inherited this chameleon and it was awesome. Although we fucked with it and we were terrible to this thing. Cause you know, if you put your finger in it, it goes after it and then it gets red and it's kind of cool to know that red is anger. And you're like, this makes sense. Um, so chameleons are the dots, you know, the dots on the piece of paper that you mostly get paper mm-hmm. and a little bit of sugar. Like not only the fact that they're multicolored, but the fact that like, they're just not ever as good as you want them to be. Like the chameleon was cool, but like, it was just weird. And then you had to feed it like live stuff, like, like live stuff. Like, yeah. My mom would have to get crickets. And then when it got bigger, she had to get like baby mice. And then you're just like, so we're like participating in murder, but you're a veterinarian. Like it just, yeah. Super confu- dots are confusing. Chameleons, they're cool. Everything is cool and confusing. Yes, I I love that answer because I'm going to go ahead and piggyback on both of y'all and <laughs> and uh, continue with like gecko or and or li- any kind of lizard, which I had as a kid. I was that kid. I didn't invite anybody over to be like, "Hey, look at my gecko." Yeah. <laughs> um. But but that's why they are. Like here, the thing is like that they're anticlimactic, like you, like Liz, you were just saying, but like, it's, it's totally anticlimactic because you get this, this lizard in this cage and like, they don't do anything. They just stand there and like, they just sleep and eat basically. And they're not supposed to be kept in like tiny little cages. That's why they don't do anything. Uh, you know, and they're, they're only interested. It's only interesting at the beginning. That's why they are atomic warheads as a candy, because it's like, it's like in theory, you're like, oh, this is cool. But then like after like the first five seconds, you're like, I don't, this is, this is, this is pointless. So yeah, atomic warheads are the lizard, the pet lizard, of the pet world, George. Okay. All right. So mine, my next one is like three things, but they were kind of like, they're kind of related. Uh, that is uh, monkeys, orangutans and chimpanzees. Do people have those as pets? No, no. I'm, it's like, listen, I've got sources and I've got facts coming up here. So we'll just like, so we'll save for a little bit. We've all seen them as pets. Uh, Marcel the monkey from the first season of Friends. Uh, orangutans. We saw them in uh, Every Which Way But Loose and Clint Eastwood movie from 1978. And Cannonball Run 2, which is a very underrated Hal Needham film. One of my favorite movies as a kid. And Chimpanzees, of course, Bubbles from Michael Jackson. Um, um, so now I just mentioned a popular movie, a popular TV show. And a pop singer. My only question is why? Why was that ever a thing? Why did you guys ever need that? So my candy for that is espresso M&Ms. Why? Why do we need that? Because that's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Like that. Just a big why. Why do we need that? Why? Just a giant why. Mine's rats. My sister had two rats. She had two rats growing up. Um, Celine Dion and Sunshine. I can't remember. It was, they were epic. Um, I'll say this. Rats are actually good pets. They're really smart. Um, I'm not a big fan of the tail. That was kind of weird. The thing is, my sister 
we are a vet family. I'm one of five kids. We're gross people. My mom would like cook dinner with blood on her. Like, you know, like we're gross. But I, for some reason, my sister would have her rats on her shoulder while eating dinner. And that's where, I don't know if I was doing like an older sister thing, but I still think it's kind of gross. Like even my cat, when she sits in my lap and I'm trying to eat, I'm like, fuck off. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like you can get scraps and they fall, but we're not doing this. So, um, I just find them, I don't want to call my sister weird cause she's not weird, but like, it was okay as a kid it's a little bit like a snake. Like it starts to kind of change a little bit and it's about numbers. Mm-hmm. You have one or two, I'll give it to you. Anything more than two, we're going to have to talk about your social skills and how you connect with people. So I would say they're the Tootsie Pops. And my reasoning is it's, you're just, a, you're like, yeah, I want a lollipop, but not that one. <laughs> so it's like, yes, I want something furry and loyal, but not that. Yeah. <laughs> when you say rats, like how big were they? They were think um think uh like a little smaller than a ferret. Yeah. So the body is like this big and then the tail is like crazy long. And they were really friendly and they were sweet and but like that's not yeah. that's not what I want. Yeah, no, we have that on the street, like in, in New York City. Yeah, no, I believe me, I fought yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. My next one is a uh i also had this is good um uh a turtle pet turtle um but uh this is one of my favorite pets of all time because it was a great pet didn't take that that much maintenance was fun to watch uh but it's kind of niche kind of a niche thing um and uh like i said i i don't think i'll ever have one again but i do have fond memories of it and that's why as a candy bar uh pet turtle is whatchamacallit because uh i don't even know if i could tell you like i didn't look it up and i don't even know if i could tell you what's in it right now but i do have fond memories of eating them (laughs) and i also don't know if i'll ever eat one again so yeah pet turtles whatchamacallit it is a chocolate covered rice krispie treat i don't want to know they're delicious They are. Yeah. They're amazing. Is it just Rice Krispies? That's it? Yeah, it's a Rice Krispie treat, but there's some other things in it. I think there's like peanuts <laughs> or something like that. So like the next one is uh, Dotsons, because uh, it's a very specific type of dog. I'm not really a dog person, but I do love this kind of dog. I love the fact that they're loaded ground. I think that's kind of a fun. I like the way they walk. And of all the pets that I've mentioned, with the, ex- the exception of my Gladys, because like I love my Gladys, Dotson would be the next thing. So I'm going to give this to my second favorite candy which is airheads. Like if I saw an airhead somewhere, I'd be like, I have to have that fucking airhead. <laughs> like, like if I saw a Dotson somewhere, I was like, I have to play with that fucking Dotson. But I don't necessarily go out of my way to get one. But if I saw one, I was like, I have to have that. Yeah, so the Dotsons are the airheads of candy. <laughs> uh, they are a very specific thing. Yeah, it's like, very specific. I- I have a friend who is obsessed with dachshunds. Love, love and me I, a dachshund. Like they're cute dogs, but I, I don't get it. <laughs> the long-haired ones, like that's don't his, even talk to me. I love them so much. That's his style. I, they're, they're so cute. Yeah, so, sign me up. I like the fact that like they're, 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 they seem to be very chill. They're not going to run away. And if they did, it's like, I'm not going to go very far. Look at me. <laughs> um, okay, speed round. I got three. Okay, let's do it. Um. David talked about snakes. We had, we had like garden snakes. We didn't have like big snakes, uh, snakes. I would say they're pixie sticks in the sense that like, I feel like, I feel like people that have pixie sticks 
you're like, I need sugar and I need it now. And I feel like people that have snakes, they like know what they want. They're like, I'm into like fucking this. There's no wiggle room. I don't want to fuck it. Like, it just feels like a very determined, like, you know, it's like snakes, pixie sticks, cocaine. Like that's, that's, I know. <laughs> I feel like all three of those things do actually go together and you probably find a room with all three of them. Yeah. And people will be like, I see you. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so we had a lot of mice and we thought, my mom thought being a vet that she got two girl mice and one wasn't a girl. And then we had so many mice, like a shit, like whatever they say about rabbits, that's what they have them all mice. And I would say, this is a very specific story. You know, um, you know, when you go to a restaurant and they have those little, um, they have those mints, but they're the chewy ones. They almost kind of like have like a chalky feel to them. Yeah. I love them. My yeah. aunt used to have them on the table when we used to visit them. I fucking love them. So when I was in high school, I bought a bag of them and then I ate a lot of them. And it was the sickest I've ever was in my life. Cause it's, you're supposed to eat like three of them. You're not supposed to eat like 50 of them. And that's how I feel about mice. Have one or two. Don't, don't have 50 of them. <laughs> it's going to be gross. There's going to be mice poop everywhere. Um, and they used to escape all the time. And my last one, ferrets are the circus peanuts of fucking candy candy they're they're gross they smell bad even when they're deep they, you can get like the smell thing taken out of them my brother had a ferret it, the, it stinks up the whole his room smelled the whole floor he was on smelled they, I, they're just like slinkies they're just like like what do you do with like they're just weird i i just i i have nothing nice to say about ferrets or circus they're like mean too um, they're like supposed to be mean he wasn't mean, but he was just like, you, what are you bringing to the table, man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, I have one last one. Something I kind of have appreciated from afar, which is uh, birds, like pet birds. Like I've never had a inclination to be like, oh, I get a bird. <laughs> uh, not even as a kid when I was like, I had a lot of pets, um, but it's definitely a thing. And like, I think it's cool. Like I said, like some, like the idea of some kind of birds is I can understand. And then there's other birds and I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't know, which is why they are weird flavors of like weird international flavors of Kit Kat <laughs> because <laughs> like some of them, and I looked up like some, some of them are great. Like, and I've had like uh, the green tea one, which is like, that one's super dope. Yeah. And like, there's so much, there's a bunch that are really good, but there are some that like, it should never be a fucking yeah. flavor of kit. Like, like baked sweet potato, which like that's on the border. That's on the border. You know, people do eat like uh, dessert with sweet potato, whatever. But wasabi Kit Kat and red pepper Kit Kat, like red pepper flakes, like spicy red pepper. Like that, I, yeah, exactly. That's why they're pet birds because it sounds kind of nice. And then you like get peel back the layers and you're like, nah. No, I'm good. No birds. Mm -hmm. They should be flying around. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, let them be free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And let those uh, red pepper and wasabi uh, Kit Kats stay in uh, Japan or wherever, wherever that they make those. <laughs> um, so, yeah, George, you're next. All right. So my last one, there are people on this planet who are like, yo, that's my shit. And I have no idea what they're talking about. In fact, I've been to bars. Their whole theme is about this type of pet or whatever they would call it. Like there's a bar in DC, RIP, The Reef. 
uh great little bar cool little cool little whatever they had in there it was brought off the block from my house sea witch and my last pet is exotic fish uh unless you're weebay from the wire i don't give a fuck about your <laughs> about your bright colored fish and your your neons but a neon tank that costs like three thousand dollars i don't i don't care but there are people who love it and i've met people many people in my life who are like Yo, check out this one fish and eat the other fish. I'm like, that's who cares? <laughs> and to me, exotic fish are the candy corn of candy. I have met many people. <laughs> I was talking to my friend Obsessed. Aaron Weiner the other day. He was like, oh, man, I love candy corn. I was like, you are fucking silly. <laughs> that shit is gross. So <laughs> I don't get it. Don't get candy corn. Don't get exotic fish. That's it for me. I can't stand either one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. It's a good one. You know, I try. <laughs> yeah, that fish thing is, uh, I don't understand it. There's, there's a basketball player, Jimmy Butler, who he has like a, it's a boom box. It looks like it's, it looks like a boom box, but it's a fish tank. And it's like, you know, the size of this whole, mm-hmm. whole room. But <laughs> anyway. There was a bouncer at a Broadway comedy club forever ago, big guy. And um, I would, you know, I never, I never liked being inside, uh, uh, Broadway comedy club is always so claustrophobic and downstairs or upstairs. I just hate it. So I stand outside with the bouncer and I think his name was Ernie, big black guy. And he told me mm-hmm. once 10 years ago that he collected exotic fish. And so, you know, this is a guy I see like once every couple of weeks and I would say hi to him. But whenever I stand with him, I'd be like, how are your fish? He would go on and on in a way that was so fucking endearing that I never had the heart to be like, I don't care. And like to the point where like, <laughs> I don't care. You know, I would see him and be like, Hey man, your fish doing okay. He goes, one time he goes, really means a lot to me that you ask. Nobody asks. And I was like, yeah, nobody would, but it's the only fact I know about you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he was such a good guy. Like he was such a nice Ooh. guy, but like he would, he, and he, yeah, you know, Super nice. and like he was a big guy. He looked into, he could look mm-hmm. intimidating. Cause he never smiled because think about the clientele that kind of go there. He would mm-hmm. light up like I was his daughter. Like, I'd be like, how are your fish doing? He'd be like, oh, man, this fish, I just got it. It's go- gorgeous. Like, you know what I mean? He's <laughs> such a good dude. I uh, I haven't thought about Broadway in forever. Uh, I had one of I, the worst sets of my life there. It was so bad. I took a cab home. <laughs> that place is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I had my Montreal audition in there. Oh, Brutal. God. Why was it ever there? I don't know. Who knows? Ugh. Brutal. Well, uh, Dave, do you have anything uh, for Liz that you uh, want to ask or get over before we uh, we say, say our goodbyes? Well, I guess the very last thing, just to what you were talking about, like, what are your plans for stand up like in the future? I know you said you were kind of like uh, tired of of Zoom shows, which is I can't, I understand that totally. Uh, but, you know, now that we're kind of like seeing a little bit of light potentially in the summer, are you what what, what are you thinking about? Yeah, I told my agent I didn't want to do anything indoors until may i slightly broke that i'm doing outdoor shows in portland at the er- early april um and then i just agreed to do half capacity socially distant shows in philly at the end of april i'm hoping things are okay i was supposed to do it in november because things were starting to look better and then all of a sudden you know october november people are like it's worse than it was in march and you're like cool so like i booked a bunch of stuff thinking that things were getting a little bit better and it got worse and i have not done anything um so I'm tipping my toe in it. I just like, I just want my parents to be vaccinated and then your parents to be vaccinated. I just want everybody's parents to be vaccinated because then the likelihood of killing people we care about, like 
like for myself, I'll get it when it's my turn, but like, I'm not, you know, searching for anything. I'm just, I'm so non-essential and I am one of those people that keeps to themselves and follows all the rules that I, I'm fine not having it, but I just, I don't want to be responsible for hurting anybody. And you know how like, um, the beaches close when like, there's going to be a hurricane or something crazy. And you're like, well, why do they close it? Just tell people not to go to the beach. Cause they won't listen because <laughs> people are fucking morons. And that's a little bit how I feel with comedy, which is like, well, you know, do your shows. And if people don't show up, they don't show up. And I go, yeah, but people like you and people want to be there and they don't know when you're going to come back. And I don't want to be somebody that draws somebody into a hurricane because I didn't mm -hmm. close the beach, you know? So I'm trying to be like, not put myself in any situation that would hurt others. But at the same time, I think we're, we're hitting a place where I don't want to say like things are getting better and like just everybody drop what they're doing, but also like we're in a place where we're either going to have to live with this as it is at this capacity and just continue to wear masks or whatever. Um, or things are, maybe they're just going to magically get better, but I just don't think they're magically going to get better. This, this is me being an idiot, but like, I just, I'm dipping my toe in. I might take it all back. But. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's, that sounds healthy. Like, I think honestly, like, uh, what I've been saying this whole time is like, everything's fluid. So like, it's, it's one thing to make like pronouncements and be like, but I think that everybody, we all just need to like ride the waves, you know, because yeah, like you said, we don't know what the landscape will look like in two months and, yeah. or in a month or two weeks or whatever. And, and I think there's, you know, I think just the fact that like these things are starting to be scheduled again. And like, there is some, some hope and, and, and maybe not like magically, but like eventually we'll start getting back to certain things but you know i think that's i think that's interesting that you're like that's how you're that makes sense to me yeah just as safe as possible taking any outdoor stuff that i can and then you know i was in the middle of a european tour when this all happened so like i just don't think i'll be touring overseas probably until i think it's gonna have to be mandatory to have a vaccine pretty soon to fly overseas if it isn't already and so I just don't see that kind of happening this year for me. Like, I think it'll probably be next year that I reschedule stuff. So Liz, before we let you up, you have your book coming out March 30th. You have the show at Alberta street pub, Portland, Oregon, April 3rd. And you have your shows at the end of the month or at the end of uh, next month in Philly, yeah. the punchline, the 22nd through the 24th of April. Is there anything else that you want to plug before we, uh, before we let you go? Um, you mentioned two non-doctors. That's my weekly podcast of uh, stuff that we research that's super inaccurate. We always say if we nail it, if we get it right, it was by accident. Um, <laughs> and we let our audiences correct us because we're morons. And then um, I am doing, I'm reading a chapter from my book on, on YouTube Live, uh, March 21st. So I'm going to read the cat naming book. And then I'm going to judge people's cat names and give out prizes. Awesome. Pretty much roasting cat names is what I'm doing on YouTube Live March 21st. I'm sure, that'll be plenty Perfect. fun as we've already talked yeah. about some of these my, names. My mom, who's been a vet for 35 years, and Maria are going to help me roast cats. Well, we again thank you from Dave and producer Mary Bess and myself. It is so good to see you. Um, yes. Just, I was telling these guys a little bit, like as far as comedians know that I've known, uh, you and Lance are the, my oldest friends from starting out in stand-up and that's 15 plus years. So thank you again for, yeah. for being on the podcast and it's a delight to see you. And when you get back and but back to New York, we'll, uh, you know, I don't drink coffee, but I do like tea. 
<laughs> we'll get some tea. Bubble tea. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yes. Bubble tea brings friends together that don't <laughs> drink normal stuff. Thank you okay. so much. It was a blast. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you, Liz. Take care. Appreciate it. Take care. All right. Great. That was wonderful. Thank you again to Liz Mealy. That was super fun, and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, absolutely. Uh, once again, we want to shout out some a uh, few of uh, Liz's plugs. Uh, March 30th is when her book comes out, Why Cats Are Assholes. Uh, April 3rd, you can actually catch Liz if you're in the Portland, Oregon, or if you're in the Pacific Northwest at uh, Alberta Street Pub at uh, 530. It's an outdoor venue, and uh, the, the show is going to be socially distanced. Uh, that is going to be at 530. Uh, April 22nd to the 24th, you can catch Liz at the Punchline in Philly. Also going to be socially distanced and uh, half capacity. Um, uh, and uh, again, uh, check out her uh, her uh, her special on YouTube, which is free on YouTube. It's called Self Help Me. So uh, once again, shout out to Liz Millie. Thank you again for doing our show. All right. And now we are going to look ahead to next week and uh, with a few things that we're looking for and looking forward to. So, George, what are you looking forward to this weekend, this next coming week? Um, uh, just really basically one thing I, well, one thing and then another thing, but the, the most important thing is, uh, it's March. It is March madness. And uh, as, uh, as you guys know, and, uh, as some listeners know that I'm a huge basketball fan, I went to a basketball school, my school plays Friday night at 10 o'clock. So the goal is to rush home to, uh, watch my Tigers play and hopefully get into the NCAA tournament. This is like one of my favorite times of the year as far as sports go, because right now is we have the tournament, which takes care of like most of March. And then right after March, we have uh, the Masters. And then after that is uh, we're in the baseball. We're on the basketball playoffs and hockey playoffs. And uh, I'm pretty excited for the rest of the year as far as sports go. And a couple of tennis tournaments, too. My guy, Roger Federer, just came back uh, last uh, the other day. I think it was uh, Tuesday. And the other thing I'm looking forward to, I guess I'm looking forward to, I have my second shot on Sunday. So that is at two o'clock on Sunday. So unfortunately, I will not be drinking on Saturday night. <laughs> I think the trade-off is uh, is pretty good, though. <laughs> I don't know, man. Sometimes you just want to have like a beer and a shot and be left alone. <laughs> what I'll say is, you 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 can do that a couple of days after George or whatever. You could probably do it right after. Yeah, fine. no, I'm I'm uh, it's it's it'll be fine. I I I've already, I've been saying for the past few weeks, as long as there's no vomit, no diarrhea, <laughs> I'll be okay. <laughs> Dave, yeah, the, uh, the the low standards. Absolutely, it's like no vomit, um, no diarrhea. Get that out of here. If you say vomit and diarrhea, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm gonna take another L. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna argue with that dave what are you looking forward to all right well just two quick things both uh music both albums first is uh friends of the pod kazo oslo my friend nate 88 and alan tech kid they are part of a new album that just came out that's a compilation album called fresh linen that is on Bandcamp. We'll link to it. It's from this Australian uh, record label, Blue Avian, Blue Avian, uh, that I believe it was started and founded by Nate88. And those are the, the guys, of course, that did our theme song. And this is like a compilation album from all sorts of artists that are on that label and like their unreleased work over the last few years. And the really cool, like Know Your Roles related thing is 
our theme song, they actually kind of gave a little bit of a, a sprucing up and a little love as my buddy Dominic told me. And uh, it's awesome as, as it always has been. And it's on this album. It's on this album, which I think is super cool. Uh, you know, and it's titled Know Your Rose Jingle, which is dope. But uh the rest of the album is super fucking awesome. Like I said, a lot of different nice. a lot of different people on it, super cool. And uh the the other thing I'm looking forward to getting into is another album that I have right here, actually, that I just got on vinyl that was actually a Hanukkah gift. A lot of a lot of references to Judaism on this episode. Um uh keep it coming. <laughs> Mm, mm. I'm I'm a I'm a visual representative. You know what I mean? Like I don't need like I just turn to the side. That's all. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, this this record that that Hill got me just arrived uh, from. I'm go I'm going to try to get his name right as best I I can, which I believe is pronounced Tobe Nwigwe. Um, and yeah, I don't know if you know, he had, the, or if you saw like, you know, over the summer, he had a lot of videos go viral that he did during the pandemic with like his band or like, he's kind of like a weird bugged out dude. They have like a follow, like, it's kind of like a sly type cultish thing. <laughs> um, but uh, the music is cool and it's, so far it's pretty interesting. So I'm looking forward to uh, getting into it. It's the pandemic experience live global broadcast and it's like a it's like a live record but it was like you know recorded in their like home studio like on it was like they were playing it live at like a, a streaming show so mm-hmm. pretty interesting pretty cool tobe nuigwe yeah that's it that's all i got for uh looking forward to and uh now we're gonna throw to mary bess for the buzz producer mary bess what's got you buzzed <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Um, so today I want to talk about Bill HR8. So for those who don't know, HR8 is a bipartisan bill which passed through the Democrat-controlled House of Representatives in early 2019, stalled in the Senate, and was recently reintroduced by Representative Mike Thompson, a gun owner and self-proclaimed sportsman, who chairs the House Gun Violence Prevention Task Force. Um, having been called for for years by gun control activist groups. This bill calls for universal background checks and many, including myself, believe that it will save lives. Uh, Bill HR 8 will help ensure that those who have been convicted of a felony or are suffering from severe mental illness cannot obtain a firearm. And although I personally have mixed feelings about categorizing the severity of mental illness, I do see the benefit of preventing people who are a clear danger to themselves and to others from being able to purchase a deadly weapon. And although there have been fewer incidences in the last year due to remote learning, mass school shootings have been a horrific part of daily life for young people across the country, uh, necessitating you know kindergarten age kids having to run regular active shooter drills, which in and of itself is a terrifying reality. Um, In their research, Every Town for Gun Safety states, quote, the United States is not the only country with mental illness, domestic violence, or hate-fueled ideologies, but our gun homicide rate is 25 times higher than other high-income countries. The difference is easy access to guns. This connection is not just theoretical. U.S. states with weaker gun laws and higher gun ownership rates have higher rates of mass shootings, end quote. So, if you support the adoption of HR 8, 
please make a call to your representatives this week and voice your support. You can learn more about gun violence in the U.S. and what we can do to stop it by following organizations like Every Town for Gun Safety, Sandy Hook Promise, and the Brady Center to Prevent Gun Violence. Thank you very much, Mary Bess, for sharing that. And yeah, I think uh, you know we all agree. There's no first. There's no. Uh, there's no argument against background checks. You know what I mean. And and also like. Uh, you, you, as you so eloquently stated, like it's very important to remember, like it doesn't have to be this way. Other countries don't have this problem because they don't have the, like you said, access to guns and also the 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 industry, the industry of of guns. So yes, please support that legislation and stay involved in that fight. All right, and it's going to be is being considered the when is that going to be considered, Mary Bess? One more time. I believe it's being considered in the coming week. Uh, I'm not certain okay. what date um, it will be voted on. Um, it was just reintroduced, I believe, within the last week, within within the week that we are recording this episode. Um, so if you are within reach of this episode and um, you have access to, to a telephone, um, to a computer, and you do want to reach out to your representatives, there are many ways that you can do that. And we do encourage you to voice your support of this bill. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, producer Mary Bess. I'm on it. All right. Well, with that, we're going to do last call. And George, why don't you tell us what we got going on on the show next week? Give our listeners something to be excited about. Thank you, David. Next week, we have uh, Hari Kondabolo, comedian and podcaster, activist. We're super excited to have him on the show. He's uh, a comedian who I've known for years. I used to open for him. Uh, oddly enough, Liz Mealy, who was uh, the guest on this week, you saw him for him as well. We have this sort of weird connection. Anyway, next week when we're talking about Weezer songs and uh, New York athletes, uh, we're going to make that fun as hell as again next week. So tune in next week, guys. Yeah, I've already had a, had a great time thinking about that. So with that, we want to thank everybody. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to my co-host, George. Thank you to producer Mary Bess. Thank you, of course, to the aforementioned Nate88, Alta Kid, and Kazo Oslo for our awesome theme. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcast. It really makes a difference. It helps us out. It gets us seen. It gets us where we need to be. So help us out. And with that, everybody, please take care, be safe, and be healthy. And as always, my usual send off, please wear your mask over your fucking nose. That includes you guy on the first floor who I don't like. Shout out to that fella. <laughs> he sucks. <laughs> All right. We're out. And we're out. You know the world of the rough